What's up, everybody? This is Chris Adams. You're listening to Grow. Thank you for listening. Today, I'm going to be interviewing the very famous to me, Ann Adams, my mother, about what being pregnant and birthing was like in 1970. Highlights may or may not include pubic hair shaving, the absence of lactation counseling, my dad watching sports while my mom was laboring on a gurney, postpartum depression, the absence of mental health services for new moms, and my mom saying the F word. What you're going to hear today on this podcast is an abbreviated version, and I will post the full version on my website, which is chriskadams.com, K-R-I-S-K-A-D-A-M-S.com, which is a work in progress, but I will try to get it up, both the edited version and the full version, as soon as I can. Uh, Also setting the stage, this is the 70s. Uh, when she gave birth, she had my sister in 1970 and she had me in 1973 and, uh, twilight sleep was phasing out prior to that time, but, uh, unknown whether her experience was a combination of morphine and scopolamine as twilight sleep was, which if you're not familiar with twilight sleep, it's when women were knocked out completely for birth and, with the idea being women didn't want to remember the pain. They didn't, um, weren't interested in the pain of childbirth, but the idea of having a holistic birth had not yet come onto the scene. So if you'd like to have nightmares, go ahead and do a Google search for, uh, twilight sleep and you'll get some pretty horrific images of, um, bound women tied up having their birthing experience. And, um, It sounds to me like my mom's experience was not that. So um, I don't need to put you on alert for that. But uh, it's also unclear what exactly was used. Possibly nitrous oxide. She's not really sure. Um, Well, I'll let her speak for herself. But I just wanted to kind of set the stage. This was when Lamaze was starting to get popular. This is when breathing exercises and water births were starting to come on the scene. People were starting to pay attention to what's the mother's experience of birth? Is this good for the infant? Do we really need to use forceps? And so the 70s was kind of an in-between period as those things were gaining popularity, but the knocking women completely out was losing popularity and she kind of fell into that in-between time. And so I just wanted to honor those women who were living during that time period and experiencing the rise of women's rights and their right to birth the way that they want. And it hadn't necessarily become popular yet in the medical community, but we owe them a great debt of gratitude and So I just want to give a shout out to them. Thank you for putting women's rights at the forefront through your experiences and getting your voices heard and out there so that we can all enjoy, hopefully, more of the kinds of births that we would like to experience in 2019 and beyond. So interview with Ann Adams. Enjoy.
let's start off by saying welcome to Grow Podcast. Thank you for being my first guest. This is very exciting. I'm it's, very happy to be here. It might not be very exciting. <laughs> it is very exciting. I'm happy to be here. Um, so you are my mother. I am. And I was hoping that you would talk about birthing experience for either Lori or me. We have two choices, basically, because you've had two births. I did. And each of them were unique in uh, in who I was when I birthed them. Uh, my first child I had when I was 30. and um, What year was that? That was 1970. And um, hey, we had been married. Your dad and I had been married for three years. Um, I was working full-time as a professor at the University of Illinois, uh, Illinois in Chicago. Full-time when you got pregnant? When I got pregnant. So being pregnant and being full-time at work felt normal to you? Yes, it did. Physically, no problems? It was no problem. The pregnancy was fine. I had friends that, that um, some had children, some did not have children. Um, Morning sickness at all? I had, um, the first few months were challenging with my first, with Lori, with your sister in 1970. Had a lot of swelling, swollen feet. I remember looking down and not being able to see the sandals that I had on, that the sandals were covered up with the swelling of the feet. Towards the end of the, because she was Toward born Toward the end of June. the pregnancy. She was born in June. So it was May, June. Were you off work then? Uh, the semester had ended in May. Mm-hmm. So I was going to take the summer off and resume in the fall part-time. Perfect I had arranged, timing. Pardon me. Perfect, perfect timing. timing. Perfect timing. I hadn't thought ahead ahead about you know. I just I just made the assumption it was going to work out the way, and it does. And so, as you're pregnant, you're going into the summer. What other kinds of preparations um, are you buying? A crib? Are you talking about family coming in? What What did your birth plan look like? Um, were you talking to your mom about coming in to be with you? Were you, you know, planning I did not, to have friends? And she friends? never offered. She Ooh. never offered to come. And um, it brings tears as I say that. I think she was finished raising children. I think she had her six children. And I, there's a wonderment about, did she feel like if she did it for one, she'd have to do it for all of them? I was the only one not living close by her. Um... But she did not come, but ta- your dad's mom came. Um, and she stayed for a couple of weeks with her. With The husband did not come at, for one week because he had to work. But then he did come for the second week. She did you <clears throat> want an, to have an older relative there, someone who'd already have a big... Did you want the expertise near you to have someone there? Yeah, I never thought... I, I, I welcomed it because... Um, and it turned out to be very fortunate that I had had with Lori. When I birthed Lori, she pressed up against the coccyx nerve, and it was a birth canal, uh, vagina delivery. Um, but I couldn't get out of bed for a week because of the nerve. The nerve was pr- uh, compressed, and so I needed to do some healing with that. And I wonder now, and I thought at the same time, whether... Um, 
how hard that would be if I didn't have help because your dad was working full time. He didn't take time off. He for did work. not take time off. They did not even think about maternity time off um, during those days. When I think about it now, they didn't take uh, paternal time. wasn't used. He was on a pretty regular schedule. He may have taken a couple of days when his mom came in. Well, if you think about when you went into labor, was it like you would see in the movies? Oh, my gosh, call your husband, you know, get to the hospital. And it's sort of chaos. Or did, could you kind of feel it was coming or I, I was I was not working at the time because it was the middle of June. So I didn't have to worry about being at work or taking an L home in Chicago in order to um, to get home. Um it, uh believe it began uh, over a weekend, the initial, uh, and then um, the labor. Did you could you tell what was happening, or were you? Well, I, I could tell because the doctor had said you're going to be, and I was at that point nine months pregnant. You know, I think uh, pretty much within the the time frame of when you would expect it to start to happen. I don't think it, I don't think Lori was overdue, and you were not either. And was the information you had about what to expect, did it come mostly from your doctor? Or were you talking to your sisters? Or Never talked to my sisters about it. Uh, the only thing I talked to my sisters about was uh, they. I have a sister and a sister-in-law, both who are nurses. And both of them said that stay home as long as you can. Because if you go, they'll shave you. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? Your head or? No, your, your pubic area. They'll <laughs> no. shave your pubic area because that was the normal routine of birthing was they didn't want any germs or any infections or anything. So they all, that was just a, a, an automatic thing that they did. So each of them, one who had four and one who had five children, they would sit at home in major labor so that they wouldn't have to have an enema or be shaved. Was enema standard? Evidently it was. It didn't happen to me, but... Um, and going in, were you imagining you would... I assume you weren't thinking, oh, I could just birth at home if I wanted. No, I didn't think... <laughs> rolling of the eyes. No, I did not think that as an option. <laughs> I, I don't know that I really thought that much ahead as to what it was going to be like. Um, I expected it would be uncomfortable. But I did not see any films about it, or I did not see any um, hear other people's really scary stories about it. I do remember uh, laying in labor at the hospital, and at that time they put you in a bed. But I was in a gurney on the on the outside of a room, about to go into the delivery room, and I said to the doctor, "I've changed my mind. I don't want to do this anymore." So no walking, because in labor and delivery rooms now, you get to walk around, right. move your body, to find encourage. comfortable positions. Right. There's labor birthing yeah. balls. and We had none of that. You just I had none of that with neither get of right my on children. the gurney. Lay on the gurney. <laughs> so what does that process look like? You get to the hospital, they admit you. I was in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. They wheeled me up to the office. Um, dad did not come with me. In other words, they, dad would go into a visiting room, uh, and I would go in and they would theoretically prep me, which I don't remember having either the enema or the shaving, so I don't remember that. Um, I'm sure I'd remember it if they did that, but I don't remember that happening. Um, I was in labor. 
Um, Just laying down. I was laying down, and Dad did come in when I was in labor laying down, and he was watching fucking baseball game (laughs) on TV. And I said to him, excuse me. Um, that's what I remember about the labor part and the support of your father. Bless his heart. I know uh, he was scared. Super supportive in the moment. Yes, in the moment. He was super scared. Um, At that time, they put you out. I didn't have an epidural. I didn't have a... um, I was out for the delivery, and I'm not sure how... When I say out, I don't know if it was a happy gas they gave me. All I know is... I don't remember the birthing, actual birthing of the child from my body to the world and the cutting of the cord. I don't have any, uh, I don't have any memory of that. So last thing you remember being on a gurney was, um, I can't do this anymore. And you, but you weren't tied down. (laughs) No, no, no. I wasn't, I wasn't tied down. I was laying down and I remember my feet were in the stirrups, but I was in a laying position, not sitting. And they put you out. And they put me out. And next thing you remember was? that They told me that we, we had a baby, but the baby was not in the room with me. The baby was taken down to the nursery. I don't remember them weighing either of you. I don't remember. Um, I do remember they brought you to me more quickly than they brought Lori. And I remember you had this beautiful head of black hair. <laughs> And I thought, well, oh my God, she's she's already got her hair. She doesn't, and because Lori was bald when she was born, and you had this wonderful black hair. Do um, you know how much time between time of birth and when the baby was brought to you? I don't. I don't remember what that was. Hours or like a day or. I don't think it was a day, um, although we stayed in the hospital for five days. For what reason? That was just a routine when you birthed a child. You just stayed that long. That was the length. Like now they say two days or three days. It was five days at that time. Did the baby go back to the nursery or did the baby Baby, stay in the room? The baby went back to the nursery and they would bring the baby to you to feed and hold. And then the baby would go back to the nursery and bring the baby back to you for feed and hold and beginning of nursing. And uh, nursing, they didn't have anybody come in to tell me or show me, or there was no uh, lactation consult or. They just assumed you would, by osmosis through the ancient ages, you would know exactly (laughs) what to do. That it wasn't my thumb the baby wanted to suck on, it was my breast. And (laughs) I have an inverted nipple in one breast. And so that was, seemed to be a challenge for the, uh, even with the milk coming in, it didn't help the nipple protrude. So, um, at least that's what one of the nurses felt because each of you seemed, and it could have been my inepted, my inept uh, way of figuring out what I'm supposed to do um, did not seem to enjoy nursing as much as I was thinking it was going to be. You nursed for the first few months, both of you. Um, so th- rule number one is never to blame yourself for any nursing problems. Oh, well. I don't, you're fine. I have beautiful daughters who have beautiful children. So whatever worked, it worked. Uh, I do believe that my first, but with Lori, I had the very severe cracked nipples. And oh, ouch. Um, I think that coupled with the nerve uh, situation that I was trying to move through to heal, 
had me stop nursing pretty early. I want to say maybe two weeks, three weeks. So two questions come up. Was there such a thing as a breast pump that you could use to empty your breasts? And if not, what did you do with the milk? Because it gets pretty uncomfortable if no one's you nursing. Nursed. If your breast got uncomfortable, you nursed. I don't remember having any receptacle, uh, something to hold milk, like put it in a bottle. Um, so you had stopped nursing then by the time you went back to work because yes. there were no bottles for Well, I, I stopped nursing out of pain for Lori. Um, you weren't that interested in nursing, but I did nurse you because I had heard you have to, you know, it's, it's you have to. It's, oh, it's, so the <laughs> hospital, who told, who? where did that message come from? I think from? that came from uh, probably Dr. Spock, you know, probably oh, some sure. book that I would have read that would say nursing is really good for your, you know, immune system. Um, but I, uh, so I wanted to make sure I at least did it a month that I, I was thinking if I can get through a month, I'm going to be doing good. Um, but I believe that the, each of you had different reasons for why you stopped. I think the first had to do with the, um, my pain level. Sure. <clears throat> and the second, I think, had to do with um, your not being that comfortable in the nursing position and seemed to like a bottle better. Did the OBGYN give you any advice or point to a lactation consultant? Yeah. I don't know, you know when that started. To be honest, I don't think I ever mentioned it to anybody, and I don't think anybody ever asked me about it. I think hmm. you went in to make sure that, that you were healing vaginally. Um, but I don't remember the pediatrician, or I don't remember the OB-GYN, and he, he was a male doctor. Um, so no one's asking, how's mm-mm. nursing going? Mm-mm. No. That's interesting. It's very interesting. And it was of interest to me that I remembered uh, after I had, um, after I had Lori, I do remember feeling, I had her in June, and so I had till September before I would be out in the world again, not being a mom. And I do remember sitting in a rocker that we have downstairs, uh, rocking back and forth and holding her, saying, I love being a mom, I love being a mom, I love being a mom. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and it was, I think it was moving toward the two month, two and a half month where you don't get out a lot. You're still not into the routine of really understanding how you create that space for yourself. Um, it could have been a little bit of postpartum depression. I would ha- say rocking back and forth, trying to convince yourself that you love what's happening. With the baby in your arm. Not feeling, yeah. Yeah. Not feeling great. And uh, feeling like I need to do something besides what's happening right here as much as I love being a mom because I really felt that was probably the mission that I had in this lifetime. Um, but I, I can, that, that comes back to me. So I, when you say, did anybody ask... Um, I wish they had, because the memory that came back to me is when I was a child, about 10 or 11, one of our new mothers committed suicide across the street, down down Mm -hmm. the block, three or four. I didn't know her personally. My mom tended to know a lot of people in the neighborhood. And the baby was not two, three weeks old, very young baby. And it wasn't until I birthed a child that memory came back and I got it. Mm-hmm. 
Um, like it feels a little beyond you. Something chemical is happening. There's some high irrational emotions running through your body right. and no one's advising you what to do or asking about it. Right. Because postpartum right. health and wellness hadn't really... Hasn't really come to the forefront. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think that dad was aware. I don't think he... Um, I don't think he tuned into his own anxiety about parenting, but I don't think he... He made the assumption I was a strong woman. Mm-hmm. And oh, boy. But I would deal with whatever, you know. Sure. Postpartum psychosis, you're strong <laughs> enough. You can get through this. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. That seems like a really common misconception, I think. I think. Yeah, I think it is. I don't think it's an unusual, um, an unusual way to look at your experiences and then when new information more information uh comes out um you kind of go oh okay i wonder what i would have been like what would it have been like what would it have felt like to be pampered during that time i have to say i felt i was taken care of because uh, grandma was there tom's mom was there did she cook did she she cooked and she Mm -hmm. did the laundry and she did all the things because i couldn't get out of bed that i could do I do remember with Lori, uh, they would put a mirror up next to her nose to make sure she was breathing. Mm, that sounds like grandma. Yeah. <laughs> very <laughs> Let's anxious. Let's make sure no one's Two dead. Two very anxious people, not so sure <laughs> the baby isn't dead in the crib out in the, in the bassinet out in the hallway. Um, was the bassinet in the hallway? Well, it was when I was in my bedroom and grandma had the second bedroom on California. And so they put the bassinet in the hallway between the two bedrooms so that I could I could have access to the baby. And so could she if she got it, because she did the getting up at 2 o'clock. She did? She did. How nice is that? She did, yeah. How did she, she bring, feed well, the baby Well, she bring the baby then? into me, and I oh, don't know why okay. Dad didn't. Got, yeah. Yeah, where was he? <laughs> no, really, the he where was, was he? He was son, is what it was. <laughs> That's where he was. Was he, was he in bed sleeping? Well, he was in with me in my bed. You know, we were shared a bed. Just slept through it all. Just he just slept through it. <laughs> so that concludes part one of my interview with my mom, Ann Adams. You can find part two on my website, chriskadams.com. And in part two, we talk about her doctoral thesis, which was actually about how new young moms perceive their role of motherhood. And we contrast her birthing experience to the modern birthing experience, which at least in Madison here in Wisconsin is becoming a pretty big business where um, there's talk of organic meals and spa-like experiences and so it is just stark the contrast between what was going on back then and what's going on now so we talk about that a little bit um so tune into that you can find it on my website chriskadams.com and before i sign off i just wanted to give the number for postpartum support international which is 1-800-944-4773 and If you're experiencing postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression, it can last a lot longer than you might think. It can go into a year, two years even, and 
if you're having feelings that have you out of sorts, you're not sure what's going on, but something doesn't feel quite right, or if you're noticing someone in your life that's feeling that way, I really encourage you to reach out and at least ask the question, is this normal? Is this something that I can get some help with? And there's no shame in it. We all, well, maybe not all, but a lot of us have experience with the postpartum anxiety and depression, and it is not unusual. It is not um, anything to hide. So please seek help if you need it. And thanks for listening, everybody. 